Your mountain is the block between you and the life you want to live. Facing it is also the only path to your freedom and becoming. You are here because a trigger showed you to your wound, and your wound will show you to your path, and your path will show you to your destiny. Welcome to Philosopher Insights, the podcast that delivers wisdom in minutes a day that you can put into practice daily and strive to master over a lifetime. The podcast committed to sharing ideas that encourage you to bridge the gap between who you are today and the person you aspire to be in the future. Hi, my name is Herb Lamba and welcome to my podcast where I will share practical insights from the world's best authors. Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is. The quest to become the best version of you starts right now. Hi and welcome to Philosopher Insights. My name is Herb Lamba. Today we're discussing The Mountain Is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage Into Self-Mastery. The author of this book is Brianna West. The book is published in 2020. I wanted to share a number of my favorite insights, starting with Get Out of Denial, Truth About Self-Sabotage, What's This Noise, Anti-Fragile Brain, Logical Lapses, True Healing, Invite Your Future Self, and Finish It Off with Master Yourself. So let's start with the introduction. Quote, when we can no longer rely on our coping mechanisms to help distract us from problems in our lives, it can feel as though we've hit rock bottom. The reality is that this sort of awakening is what happens when we finally come to terms with the problems that have existed for a long time. The breakdown is often just the tipping point that precedes the breakthrough, the moment a star implodes before it becomes a supernova. Just as a mountain is formed when two sections of the ground are forced against one another, Your mountain will arise out of coexisting but conflicting needs. Your mountain requires you to reconcile two parts of you, the conscious and the unconscious. The part of you that is aware of what you want and the part of you that is not aware of why you are still holding back. To have a mountain in front of you does not mean you are fundamentally broken in some way. Everything in nature is imperfect and it is because of that imperfection that growth is possible. The fact that you are imperfect is not a sign that you have failed. It is a sign that you are human, and more importantly, it is a sign that you still have more potential within you. Maybe you know what your mountain is. Maybe it's addiction, weight, relationships, jobs, motivation, or money. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's a vague sense of anxiety, low self-esteem, fear, or a general discontentment that seems to bleed out onto everything else. The mountain is often less a challenge in front of us as it is a problem within us and unstable foundation that might not even seem evident on the surface, but is nonetheless shifting almost every part of our lives. Your mountain is the block between you and the life you want to live. Facing it is also the only path to your freedom and becoming. You are here because a trigger showed you to your wound, and your wound will show you to your path, and your path will show you to your destiny. End quote. That is from the introduction of The Mountain is You by Brianna Wiest. This talented author has penned a true gem that offers valuable insights into the realm of self-healing. With a quick yet impactful writing style, Brianna delves deep into topics such as self-sabotage, emotional intelligence, and transformation. Her words will inspire you to do the inner work required to live a life filled with fulfillment and enjoyment. This book is a must-read for anyone looking to overcome adversity and find hope amidst life's challenges. Brianna's expertise and guidance will leave you feeling empowered and ready to tackle whatever obstacles come your way. I am honored to share a handful of my favorite insights, so let's begin. Insight number one, get out of denial. Quote, 
If you are here because you truly want to change your life, you are going to have to stop being in denial about your personal state of affairs. The first step in healing anything is taking full accountability. It is no longer being in denial about the honest truth of your life and yourself. It does not matter what your life looks like on the outside. It is how you feel about it on the inside. The greatest act of self-love is to no longer accept the life you are unhappy with. It is to be able to state the problem plainly and in a straightforward manner. End quote. When it comes to making changes in our lives, it all starts with being honest with ourselves. It's easy to fall into denial, but the truth is that denying a problem won't make it go away. Instead, it's essential to take full accountability for our situation, no matter how uncomfortable it may be. For instance, let's say you've noticed that you've been putting on some extra weight. It's tempting to brush it off and make excuses, but that won't help you in the long run. By acknowledging the situation and taking full responsibility for it, you'll be in a better position to make positive changes. I love how David Goggins describes accountability in his incredible book, Can't Hurt Me, where he says, quote, You are giving up instead of getting hard. Tell the truth about the real reasons for your limitations and you will turn that negativity, which is real, into jet fuel. That is why it's okay to be cruel to yourself as long as you realize you're doing it to become better. We all need thicker skin to improve in life, end quote. Now that is intense, but just makes so much sense. Insight number two, the truth about self-sabotage. Quote, self-sabotage is often misunderstood to be a way in which we punish, deride, or intentionally hurt ourselves. On the surface, this seems true enough. Self-sabotage is committing to a healthier diet and finding yourself pulling up to the drive-thru a few hours later. It's having strange and terrifying thoughts and allowing them to paralyze you in the face of important life changes or milestones. Self-sabotage is when you have two conflicting desires. One is conscious, one is unconscious. You know how you want to move your life forward, and yet you are still, for some reason, stuck. Self-sabotage can be a frustrating experience because it often feels like we're holding ourselves back, even when we consciously know what we want to achieve. It's like there are two parts of ourselves that are working against each other. On one hand, we have our conscious desires and goals that we actively work towards. On the other hand, we have unconscious beliefs, fears, or behaviors that hold us back. The tricky part about self-sabotage is that we often aren't aware of our unconscious beliefs or behaviors. They can be deeply ingrained and hard to identify on our own. That's why it's important to pay attention to our thoughts, feelings, and actions and to be open to exploring our underlying motivations. Insight number three. What's that noise? Quote, The things that are bothering you most right now are not external forces trying to torture you for the sake of it. They are your own mind identifying what in your life can be fixed, changed, and transformed. If you continue to not take action, the siren will only get louder, and if you never learn to listen to it, you will probably disassociate from it and then be a victim to it. You already know the answers. You already know what you're here to do. You are here to create everything that would make you happier than you can imagine. It is only a matter of quieting your mind enough so you can feel all of the unlimited potential that is begging you to be used. To quiet the sirens in our head or prevent them from growing louder, taking action is imperative. After identifying the areas that require transformation or change, it's time to initiate the journey with small but significant steps. People who have a strong sense of purpose in life are more likely to have better physical and mental health. This suggests that having a sense of direction and meaning can help us 
to identify areas of our life that need attention and take action to improve them. Insight number four, an anti-fragile brain. Quote, is your brain the greatest antagonist in your life? Do you ever have the hunch that you're almost seeking out problems, creating issues where they don't exist, overreacting, overthinking, and catastrophizing? If you said yes to these, congratulations, you're self-aware. You're also just like anybody else. If you feel like you're always subconsciously scanning your life, trying to identify the next thing to worry about, the next potential threat to fear, you'd be right. The human mind is something called anti-fragile, which means that it actually gets better with adversity. Like a rock that becomes a diamond under pressure or an immune system that strengthens after repeated exposure to germs, the mind requires stimulation in the form of a challenge. If you deny and reject any kind of real challenge in your life, your brain will compensate by creating a problem to overcome. Except this time, there won't be any reward at the end. It'll just be you battling you for the rest of your life. End quote. According to Weiss, trying to shield our minds from tough situations can actually make us more prone to anxiety and panic in our lives. Have you ever noticed that some people just seem to create problems in their minds without any real cause for concern? Well, that's because they've given up control of their lives. They've stopped being the driver and have become a passenger, thinking that life just happens to them rather than being a product of their actions. It is essential to maintain creative control of our existence. Quote, Anti-fragile things need tension, resistance, adversity, and pain to break and transform. We get this by deeply communing with life and being part of it, rather than fearing our emotions and sitting on the sidelines. End quote. It's time to bring back one of my favorite mantras. Obstacles make me stronger. O-M-M-S. Insight number five. Logical lapses. Quote, most of the anxiety you experience in life is the result of inefficient critical thinking skills. You might assume because you are anxious, you are an overthinker, someone who obsesses about unlikely and scary outcomes more than is reasonable. The reality is that you are an underthinker. You're missing part of your reasoning process. One of the hallmarks of anxiety is rapid thinking. Because you are focusing on some issue so deeply and for so much time, you assume that you're also thinking through the issue thoroughly and arriving at the most likely conclusion. However, the opposite is happening. You're experiencing a logical lapse. You're jumping to the worst case scenario because you aren't thinking clearly. And then you are engaging your fight or flight response because the worst case scenario makes you feel threatened. This is why you obsess about that one terrifying idea, end quote. Have you ever considered that anxiety might be causing you to approach your thoughts from a different angle? Rather than overthinking, you might actually be underthinking, resulting in a logical lapse that leads you to imagine only worst-case scenarios. It's a common pattern for those struggling with anxiety, and it can be challenging to break free from. But recognizing that your anxious thoughts are not a reflection of your ability to reason can be a first step in regaining control of your mental state. So the next time you find yourself caught up in a spiral of negative thoughts, just take a moment to consider whether anxiety might be affecting your perspective. Quote, when you experience a logical lapse, the climax becomes the conclusion. You imagine a situation, you figure that you would panic, and then because you're scared, you never think through the rest of the scenario. You never think about how you'd get through it, what you'd do to respond, and how you'd eventually move on with your life afterwards. If you were about to do this, you wouldn't be scared of it because you wouldn't think it had the power to end you. 
Healing isn't about running away from our fears. It's about confronting them with logic and understanding. By developing the ability to see situations for what they really are, we can respond appropriately without being held back by our anxieties. This isn't an easy process, of course. It takes time, patience, and practice to cultivate the skills of logic and rationality, but the rewards are immense. Insight number six, true healing. Quote, you are showing up as you are today and taking what's yours, not what belongs to some imaginary version of yourself, not what you think the world thinks you're worthy of, you, here, now. That is true healing. In fact, the universe does not allow perfection. Without breaks and gaps, there would be no growth. Nature depends on imperfection. Fault lines make mountains. Star implosions become supernovas. And the death of one season creates the rebirth of the next. You are not here to live up to the exact expectation that you mustered up in your head. You're not here to do everything precisely right and precisely on time. To do so would require stripping your life of spontaneity, curiosity, and all, end quote. It's not always easy to embrace our authentic self, especially in a world that often values conformity and assimilation. We may feel pressure to change ourselves, to fit in, or to be accepted by others. But the truth is, we are all unique individuals with our own strengths, weaknesses, and quirks. It's these unique qualities that make us who we are and add value to the world around us. By accepting our worth as we are today, we give ourselves permission to be imperfect, to make mistakes, and to learn and grow from them. We don't need to wait for an external validation or proof of our worthiness. Quote, let's be clear about something. Becoming the best version of yourself is your natural inheritance. It is what you are born to do. Healing is simply releasing the sickness that is the limiting beliefs and fears that are holding you back from doing exactly that. End quote. Insight number seven, invite your future self. In order to heal ourselves, the author proposes that we take two important steps. Firstly, we should reconnect with our inner child and foster open communication with them. Secondly, we should envision the best version of ourselves in the future, starting from where we are today. She recommends starting a meditation session that begins by inviting your future self to sit with you and talk. Quote, the point of doing future self-work is so that you can merge with this aspect of yourself. You want to clearly envision the most ideal version of yourself so that you know how your life needs to grow, shift, and change. End quote. Instead of relying solely on your past experiences, try allowing your future self to guide you towards your goals. Imagine the best version of yourself as your personal GPS, one that may have been neglected or underutilized for years. By tapping into this inner GPS, you can gain a fresh perspective on your life and the path ahead. Instead of being limited by past mistakes or negative self-talk, you can now envision a better future and take steps towards making it a reality. Quote, the first step to becoming your most powerful self is to literally envision that person. Don't take yourself out of your current context either. Begin to ask yourself, what would the most powerful version of me do right now? What would they do with this day? How would they respond to this challenge? How would they think? What would they feel? Once you have a clearer image of what your most powerful self is like, you then need to evaluate what habits, traits, and behaviors are actively holding you back from fully embodying that person. End quote. I totally fell head over heels for the idea of future self-thinking after reading Dr. Benjamin Hardy's book, Be Your Future Self Now. If you're curious to learn more, I highly recommend giving episode 21 of my podcast a listen, where I feature the book. Trust me, it's worth it. 
And while we're on the topic, I want to remind you of a killer quote that guest Jim Cathcart shared in episode 22. How would the person you want to be do the things you're about to do? I don't know about you, but that really hit home for me. It's a powerful reminder to always strive towards our ideal self and make choices that align with our long-term goals. Final insight, master yourself. Quote, when you get to the end of your life, you will begin to see your mountains for what they really were, gifts. When you look back on your life, you won't remember the hardships. You'll see them then as pivot points, growth opportunities, the days of awakening right before everything changed. Mastery is to finally understand that the years of discomfort you endured were not some sort of purgatory you had to just get through. They were your deepest inner self informing you that you are capable of more, deserving better, and meant to transform into the person of your dreams. You must claim it. You must create it. One day, the mountain that was in front of you will be so far behind you, it will barely be visible in the distance. But who you become in learning to climb it, that will stay with you forever. That is the point of the mountain. End quote. Those are the final words in the book, and Brianna finishes this book brilliantly. Throughout history, the image of a mountain has been a powerful metaphor for the seemingly insurmountable challenges we face in life. But in order to conquer these mountains, we must embark on a journey of deep inner work. This involves confronting past traumas, building our resilience, and reevaluating our approach to the climb. Our ultimate goal isn't just to reach the top of a mountain, but to master ourselves in the process. By working on ourselves, we gain the strength and fortitude needed to overcome even the most daunting of challenges. This is a spectacular book, so good that I had to leave some incredible ideas on the cutting room floor. I hope you can take the insights shared today and start applying them to your life. Remember, it is always day one. You've been listening to Philosopher Insights with your host, Herb Land. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.